it has been such a close connection to the teams and all the organizations, so to speak. You know, even though the runners was just runner and skippers were just skipper, the, the connection between all have been totally fantastic. And it has been so much more than, than a race. Boys, a swim run podcast. I'm Chip and I'm Chris. This is episode 143 of the show. On this episode, we're going to be doing something new and starting a four part series to do a proper recap of this year's inaugural one water race. You don't know what we're talking about. I don't know. I don't know what show you've been listening to, but it's not this <laughs> one. It ain't the low time. <laughs> the one water race is a 250 kilometer adventure race across the entire Stockholm archipelago. It's about 200 Ks of running, about 50 Ks of swimming. Even though we got some insiders, it was more like 60 Ks. But I guess it it depends how fast we're going. Anyway, we were going to do like a one-episode recap, but there were so many stories we wanted to tell, so we're doing a four-part series. So this is the first part of that. And joining us and welcoming back to the show is co-founder and race director Thomas Ogender. To basically get his race recap on what was truly an epic event, Chipper. Yeah. This is like a, a formal edition of our ad hoc series, Race Director Reports. This yeah. is a formal edition. Yeah. This is, this is like on steroids. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but first, training update. So training for Swarm Run NC is on. We are dialing it back from our 6,000-yard Tuesdays and our four-hour Swarm Run Saturdays. And we're going to be hitting the hills and the trails. So, fun times, as usual. Yeah, looking, I'm forward, looking forward to, to the, it. this last this last few. I uh, mean, races. you know, the six thousand yard Tuesdays, and sometimes also Thursdays, and and then forty five hundred yard Fridays, <laughs> and you know, six thousand yards. Anyway, that was great. I feel like we got really great swim fitness. But good miles in the bank. Good uh, meters in the bank yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, we don't have anything coming up that requires anything that major, so we're dialing it back. Now on to this week's shout outs. Yeah, so this week we're shouting out our latest patrons on Patreon. A huge thank you to Chris Wright, Liz Bauer, and Matt Skavnak for your support. We really, really appreciate it. It helps fund all of the postage that I've been spending recently, that we've been spending recently for the show, uh, to send out stickers to people. Yes, thank you kindly. It's just... uh, It's so great. Yeah, it helps cover all all the costs. It's also good evidence for the wives, I think, where it's like, hey, look, yeah. people are actually paying Well, us. we can't not do it because these people are giving us the hard-earned money. <laughs> yeah. And we can't let them down. Now me. over to this week's Feats of Endurance. So this week's winner is a reg- regular swim runner, Caleb Beatty. He's part of the whole uh, NC swim run scene over there. Yeah. Uh, over this weekend, he won the psychoactive last runner standing race in Huntersville, North Carolina. This race is a one and a quarter mile loop course where athletes just do loops until, you know, you're the last person standing. Yeah, these are self-explanatory. Uh, these are pretty uh, diabolical races, in my opinion. But Caleb ended up running 48 laps for a total of 60 miles. Nice job out there. Yeah. Well, we found Caleb's feats of endurance over on our Strava club. So go to Strava, search Low Tide Boys, and join our, our, our gaggle of folks we have over there. 430, 40, 50. It just keeps 477 rising. 477 as of 
10 minutes ago. It's like, I feel like for a week recording. we get none, and then all of a sudden we get 30 new ones. I don't know what's going so on. Running, it's, it's what's happening. It is. <laughs> now, Chris, over to the news desk for this week in Swim Run. All right, we've got some fun updates this week. As Keen as Mustard hosted their Grafham, Grafham Water Swim Run in Huntingdon, United Kingdom, this past Sunday. Shout out to Jonathan Littlewood, Fred Newton, and Alex Sheen for Ooh-hoo. strong performances. If you're in the UK looking to try Swim Run, definitely check out this race series. You can learn more about it on episode 56 of the podcast, where we interviewed the mother and daughter race directing duo of Nikki and Chelsea Bailey. That was a super fun episode. Yes, they and were a treat to talk. If we're ever in the neighborhood and they're hosting a race, we're there. I'm just going to go ahead and say it like, we'll do it. And I will just throw this out there that you think, what does mustard have to do with swim run? At one of the aid stations at Attila, I had myself a little bit of mustard. That's true. Carry on. Yeah, like mustard <laughs> minus the hot dog. and butter. Yeah, someone, I'm vegetarian and someone pulled up the dirty water dog. It was, it was or the European, the Swedish version. And I was like, I'll pass on that. Um, but can I have some of this mustard here? And uh, I took a little bit and Chris yeah, just I shook mean, his the, head. The, the guy basically gave you the Swedish equivalent of he was have like, added Haas. He's like, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. back, uh, back to this weekend swim run? Yeah. Back, back to the news desk. Back to the news desk. So moving across the channel from the UK to France, swim run the Casse Carson took place and it looked like a blast shout out to friends of the pod matthew poulain and nicholas ramirez who oh. were at the event podiuming this is a theme to this we can nice. just shout out shout out episode um now moving a little bit north from france the coster swim run took place and there i say that we have added another race to the bucket list i did not consult chipper but i just wow. added it already Similar to Atala, athletes who sign up for this race take a ferry to the Coster Archipelago, Sweden's only marine national park, on Friday, stay there overnight at a cool hotel, race on Saturday, hang out, break bread Saturday night, have an awesome breakfast on Sunday, and then take a ferry back to the, to the mainland. Sounds pretty good, wow. right? And it also looked like a solid breakfast. So now that I'm super into post-race solid breakfasts. <laughs> and some shout-outs to, to the winners. So... Uh, Max and Adriel, friends of the pod, former guests. Fresh off the their Atala podium. They Fresh just off those podiums. Step right from that podium to the next one. Yep. No, no big deal. Speaking of podiums, Desiree Anderson and Hannah Hellstrom team back up to win the women's division. And Bravo. one of our favorite people, Annika Erickson and her partner, Frederick Grandstrom, won the mixed division, repping for Kraken Swim Run. Kraken always putting results up. Always putting the rules up. Now, moving a little bit east, east-ish. Hold fit- on. I, I need a compass. I thought we gave the compass back. All this uh, north, east, north, south. Your um, <laughs> Look in your garment. Oh, yeah. Boop, boop. So, east-ish, the fifth edition of the Swim Run Urban Challenge Dusseldorf took place, and the turnout looked great. And I have to say, we love these super easily accessible swim run events. To help lure their entry for folks curious about the sport, you basically just roll down your street, sign up for a swim run, do Perfect. it right there. It's great. Finally, in other swim run related news, friend of the pod and amazing swim runner Sabina Rapelli has launched her own coaching business called No Limit Coaching, where she'll be working with swim runners, of course, multi sport athletes, as well as disabled athletes and older adults. So 
super cool cause. Nice. We're super stoked for her and wish her all the best. You can learn more about her coaching offerings at nolimitscoaching.ch. It's because she's in Switzerland. CH. So yeah, so CH is Switzerland. It's a new one. Yeah. For me. That's it for this week. Feel free to reach out and let us know if there's anything that you'd like for us to mention on the show. Back to me? Back to you. <laughs> Chris, time for a little show business. That's right. <laughs> Our segment formerly called Low Tide Boys Updates. Yes. We decided to call it show business because uh, one night I thought it was very entertaining. It was very funny. To my wife that oh, me and Chris, we were just talking a little show business out there. So now show business segment. <laughs> so as you may have heard or seen on our Instagram, we recently surpassed 100,000 downloads. And with our new milestone, of course, we have some new free stickers to give away. Our friend Sebastian, a.k.a. the Radberg on Instagram, designed the stickers and we're super stoked to share it with you all. So we won't spoil it for you here, but go over to lowtideboys.com slash stickers. Yeah. Fill out the form and we have stamps for any region of the world. The globe is covered. The globe. So uh, submit that in and then once you receive said sticker... Oh, send us a picture on Instagram or whatever. Tag us about wherever you stuck it. Yeah. And we'll yeah. reshare it. And these things are going like fresh canel bular. <sighs> better get on it then. So you better get on it. I mean, we, we ordered, I think we ordered 200 stickers already probably down less than 75. Whoa. We better put another order in or just do another 100,000 downloads. <laughs> Yeah, help us get to another 100,000 downloads. Yeah, it's Great. just our way of, of saying thank you. Uh, and, of course, uh, we're more than happy to do this. And, again, awesome, really cool, unique design from the <laughs> yeah. Radberg. Love it. Absolutely love totally it. love it. Well, that's enough show business for now. Let's head into the show. So this is our One Water Race Part 1 with race director Thomas Ogender. Yeah, it was really great to catch up with Thomas. Basically, you know, when we interviewed him back in episode 104... Chatter about this event, thinking it was going to be epic. He was telling us about his dream to put this on. Now, fast forward, mm. you know, basically almost 10 months, he did it. We're done. From that conversation to where we are now, the race is in the books. There's a movie about to be released about the event. There's already plans underway for next year's race. So it's safe to say this thing was a huge success. And we got to chat with Thomas about it. He told us what it was like to be on the inside and go from ideation to execution, what it was like on the ground during the race, and what he plans on improving for next year. So his passion for swim run, preserving nature, and like there's epic feats of endurance really shine through in this interview, and you're going to get your minds blown just as we were. Yeah. Great conversation. The whole thing is, I mean, and it was uh, cool to check in with them after, you know, before I think when we talked, they hadn't even opened the registration for mm -hmm. teams to submit. Um, so huge race of huge proportions. And to hear his take on it is always awesome. Yeah. And I can't think of a better way to start this four part series with Thomas than with Thomas. Yeah. OG. So. I don't know. I listen don't to it. To listen to it. I was going to have some some quip about it. You don't. You won't. You won't have to uh, swim fifty k's to. Uh, yeah. To get the the essence of one water race. So here's part one of our one water race recap. Race director Thomas Ogender. All right. So super excited to welcome back to the show. 
Thomas Ogender, co-founder, race director, one water race, OG swim runner himself. Welcome back, Thomas. Thank you very much. So nice to be here again. Hey, so we've been following from afar this yes. one water race. I mean... Did not disappoint. Oh my goodness. Oh my <laughs> goodness. We'd love to hear from you. I mean, since we had you on, obviously a lot of things happened. Um, the race went on. We'd love to hear from you kind of like sort of leading up to the race. How did everything start coming together, um, you know, before, before it was go time? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's been a long time. I don't re- even remember. Uh, I think it was in, I don't know. It feels okay. like March, April or something, maybe, for some reason. Yeah, maybe something like that. Uh, yeah, we. Um, it has been a fantastic time. It has been really hectic. Uh, a lot of things to to work on. Um, to start with, we uh, we had an enormous um, uh, feedback from uh, from racers all around the world, uh, which has been uh, exactly what we were aiming for. And uh, in this format as well, you know, we were really trying to or we are trying to to create, as we say, the ultimate proof of human capacity. Uh, and that what's uh, also uh, engage uh, a lot of the extreme and endurance racers out there. So that has been the main focus. And, and finally, we had a fantastic setup with people from uh, Australia, Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil, three teams from the US. So we had from the beginning... Uh, three teams from Sweden. Then, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, Helena Pontus and George have to, had to step down. Yeah. But uh, but we had a fantastic uh, fantastic teams on 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 the start line. And uh, and then of course, so that's one part uh, of it. And uh, we also started working very closely with the teams for for uh, the media production. Uh, we have been visiting all the teams uh, with our own uh, TV crew, uh, Hans and Andre. Uh, they have been in in Australia, in South America, and wow. in the US, and of course in Sweden as well. Because we really want to, you know, lift this to another level when it comes to media as well, and also show the people behind who are those uh, those athletes out there, and how how do they think when it comes to this kind of of, of races and and uh, and extreme uh, uh, things to do, so to speak. So that has been really really interesting as well, and it feels. You know, I really love that kind of dimension to it that you really start to know, you know, the people behind who are those, yeah. those people. And for, for me, it has been uh, so uh, interesting as well because we have had uh, a lot of contact and I have been, of course, part of the production as well. So I almost, you know, it feels like we know each other, but we had, we hadn't met. So when we finally, the, met in 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 stockholm in uh, in uh, late august it was like you know it was like we have been uh, uh you know having a uh, uh a net romance uh, internet romance <laughs> so to speak and then we finally finally meet so yeah all that was it's funny you that know that's fantastic. not that's not unlike for chipper and i when we were just in sweden you know last week for yeah. uh, for Utila, just meeting everyone who we've either interviewed or corresponded with somehow to actually see them in person it was like meeting with like a long lost friend that you actually haven't met before 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It must have been really the same for you. And in, in, in these times, of course, you can do a lot of things digital and, and, uh, but in the end, meeting in person, that's the thing that matters. So, so to speak, but so that, so that has been really, really interesting, uh, to, uh, to follow and, and have contact with the teams. And apart from, from, from that, we have uh, also have, close contact concerning the, not the course, but when it comes to the mapping, uh, the maps, because the maps is, uh, is a very crucial uh, thing when it comes to one water race, because it's navigation and orienteering. Uh, so we have, uh, we have been producing our own maps, uh, our own uh, orienteering specialist, uh, Stefan Chanel. So he has been creating like orienteering, really advanced orienteering map for, for the archipelago. So in, uh, I would say in late April, the teams got, uh, first they, they got the digital part of the map, not the checkpoints, but the map so they could really start to study the terrain, uh, the islands and, and also start to, to make strategic plans and also see what kind of islands would we be fast on? What kind of islands uh, would might take a longer time because of the terrain, so to speak? Because even though you know, you don't know uh, the course and the route and the checkpoints, you can start to to make the strategic plan. You can see, okay, this is our playground. This is where we will be. What kind of islands are there here, and which kind of scenarios can, could we see ahead of us? So that has been really really important and important plan for the teams so to speak apart from for apart from the training as uh, of course but but that has been really interesting to uh, to follow yeah a few days after the race i actually saw uh, daniel hansen uh on his instagram or something laid out all the maps it looked like 30 he walked for it was like a five minute instagram thing because he laid them all yeah. out point to point on how big and and much detail were in these and it sounds like that was when the teams could first start to kind of strategize about, even though, like you said, they don't know where exactly the checkpoints are, but they can start studying. And, and is that where, from your point of view, having someone really strong on that orienteering piece really could set you apart for some of the other teams if you had someone really, really strong at orienteering? Yeah, exactly. Because this is, this is the, the main purpose, uh, of, of the race when it comes to the orienteering part, because you need to be a good navigator. You need to have, have, need to be good orienteer as well. And that's was really interesting. What, what we saw outside, uh, out on the, the race as well. We saw team number two from Sweden. They were, were very close and following, uh, team num- number eight from Australia from a re, for a really long time. Uh, it's stra- strategic, uh, good to, to do so, but, but, uh, it was, was, was quite annoying for, for the Australian team because they have the Swedes right behind the back and they, sometimes I saw them, they, they, they didn't even, even look at the map, uh, so to speak. They just follow, oh, wow. follow, follow the team, but that's also interesting because, uh, that's of, of course that's a part of the the race but but if something happens you need to be you need to to really know how to orienteer and uh, and navigate and uh, i think the maps it's 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 a key to a race like 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 this and and also key key to plan because you have to make the strategic plans where should you you know try to eat sleep or how sh- 
So, so that's that's a really important part, and uh, and I'm really glad that we have uh, Stefan Chanel and and that we can create and produce our own maps, uh, so to yeah. speak. So we really keep it on a very high level, so to speak. So, so, so let me ask you because logistically, this thing is just—I mean—it's so long over so much time from like a race director perspective. Um, what did you have any sort of concerns of being able to even pull it off, or were you really confident with like the boat captains and everybody you had sort of on the ground helping just to make sure this thing actually succeeded? Well, actually, uh, I—it's easy to say now, but I know that we would do, we would pull this pull this off, and and we would put this together because we have such a great team, and this is actually. Apart from racing and uh, organizing this kind of of uh, of, uh, of race uh, is uh, what I love uh, as well. So that has be, really been been a part of the plan for for the beginning to you know really try try to do something which in in uh, in uh, many minds seems to be impossible. The race itself, but also organize it. I think yeah. we had about ninety people uh, working for us uh, wow. on the. Uh, yeah, during the race, because as you say, it's it's 24 hours a day. We know we had the max maximum time f- set for uh, 65 hours, and uh, so we need to, you know, we need to have a plan for for people to work. We need to work with this, with with the safety, with, which is the most important part. And so, when it comes to to the the logistics and the safety boats, we had about. 15 boats uh, out on the race course and uh, we had between 30 and 35 skippers working around the clock and we have one base up in Arholma uh, where it started and then we had our second base in uh, Möja which is about 20 hours uh, south and then we had uh, our southern base on Dalarö and then we had our final base on, on Landsort. So we were working around the clock and we had uh, logistic teams on boats traveling to changing the skippers every every seven or eight hour and uh, all the other wow. teams. So, so that is one part that is really, really... Uh, uh, well, it, it's you need to be there when it comes to the safety. So the skippers have to be, you know, they need to be fresh, and, uh, and we have to provide them with food and energy and everything. So, so uh, uh, it's uh, it's a tricky part, but it's it went really, really well. And we also have, which is, I think, uh, some of the the parts because when we talk about the safety, because safety always comes first. So we need the boat, we need the skippers. But then we also uh, wanted to be close to the teams during the whole race. So uh, we used ultra runners who run with the team at all times on land. So they were running with the teams on land and then they were taking the boats on the swim. And then so they both on the swim, running on, t- on, the la- on land and so on. So, so they were moving with, with the teams all the time. And they were uh, filming as well. They were our photographers out there. Uh, so we were filming all the teams around the clock for for sixty hours as well. Uh, and well, wow. you know, you know what's crazy about that? I mean, yeah, it sounds great. You have a couple ultra runners running with the teams, <laughs> but they're still running two hundred k. Yeah, <laughs> so but that's, you know, you know, that's the fun part because um, 
we have an ultra runner community here uh, that I'm a part of. And then I asked the question if, if anyone would like to join us. And then this became really, you know, a big thing for the ultra runners because they love to be to do these kind of, 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 of things. And then when we planned, you know, they, they didn't want to go for like eight hours. They wanted to go for like 36 hours. Uh, so, wow. so we, well, we had to put them off for a sa- for a safety perspective, but, but it was like, okay, well, we can start maybe, you know, can start with six, 16 hours. And then I, well, then I can relax for two hours, hours, but then I want to go for like 36 hours for the next step. So that was, you know, one part. And, and so that was, you know, in the community, this was, you know, the ultra running community in, in this, which was fantastic. And that was also, of course, it was a media part because the media is so important uh, of this. When we are now producing a race summary for, uh, for the Nordic uh, region and, and Swedish TV4. But the big thing is that we, we're doing uh, a documentary for, for the major streaming services. And then, nice. you know, you want to be there. You want to, you know, to catch the drama. And we have all the runners and all the skippers. We have uh, continued uh, communication with them uh, all the time. So we could we talked to the racers and the skippers all the time while they were running. So that so we kn- knew exactly when things happened. If someone fell, if someone was you know hungry, frozen, or whatever. So. One thing from the media perspective or first from the safety perspective, we could have a, a dialogue. We knew all the time how, how, how the teams were, were feeling. But then from a media perspective, we, we could be there as well. If something happened, we want to be there with the camera, but we also want to know that, okay, now this guy, he's really cold right now. And we knew exactly uh, the plan that each team had set as well. So we could follow them, uh, why uh, we had, we had three GPS systems, so we followed them. So we could follow them for for uh, all the time, and and then we know that okay, now this guy is really cold, and now they have planned to go for fifteen hundred uh, meters of swimming here, and when he will get, get uh, uh, enter the next island, he will be freezing cold. So then we want to be there filming him. Yeah. You know, to, to, you know, to, so we worked continuously on that. So we knew all the time, how are, are the teams doing? How are they feeling? Uh, we could almost talk to them. Well, we could if we wanted to, but, but, you know, we had the runners. So that, that was a really interesting perspective in this part. And, and the ultra runners as well, they really, uh, love to do this because they wanted to know as well, because we didn't know how will, the teams react on the distance and on the in the no sleeping part and the cold and so on. So it it's really interesting to follow the team in this perspective. You know, from the beginning, you know, everybody's talking to each other and they, you know, they have a good time. They try to push each other. And then, you know, you come to the stage where it's, whoops, now it's quiet. No, now it's, you know, now they it's suffer. Serious. And yeah. So it's really interesting to go through these stages and for the ultra runners, they really enjoyed that, you know, to, to see how do they react? How do they work as a team together to, to try to go, to move on and, and, uh, and so on. So, so that was a really, really interesting part, uh, as well. 
Man, and and the media coverage again was was extensive. I'm I'm exhausted just hearing about the logistical aspect of this that for some reason I wasn't really comprehending, but that was a whole nother race that you were directing and, and navigating uh there. So obviously kudos on that. But once these teams showed up in in Sweden and kind of got ready to go, obviously there was a big uh video stream of of that and everything how was how was the kind of the feelings from from all the different teams from the different countries there you know we were we were rooting for everyone obviously but uh you know three usa teams was pretty pretty significant uh in in my opinion to have it at this sort of sort of event obviously the there was a couple swedish teams that were probably probably the favorite but what was what was the starting line kind of feels for an event of this magnitude Oh, it was really interesting. I, I, I think you have, if if you have seen some of the videos as well for uh, uh, for the teams that 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 we did, you know they uh, uh, they have uh, different kinds of, of of mindset, and most of the team ha- ha- hadn't been here before. They didn't r- know f- for sure what was uh, was what was go- uh, coming for them, so so to speak. But it was. From the very beginning, when when they um, when they got here, yeah, you know, we we have really been trying to to organize, you know, the perfect setting for 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 the racers as well. So they uh, uh, they they came to Sweden on uh, Saturday the nineteenth uh, or twentieth, uh, I think, and uh, they stayed at the same hotel. Uh, we had a uh, little. You know, gathering in 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 the night, having having a drink, and uh, the atmosphere fair was you know, of course, a little bit of little, little tense, but it it was such uh, a friendly and uh, and uh, an interesting atmosphere. Uh, they really, you know, uh, were you know, start talking to each other and and get together really well and had. So many different kind of expectations as, as well. Uh, you know, the, the teams from from the US. Some of the teams they have only been training in, you know, like uh, warm water, like twenty eight degrees Celsius. The team in Florida, I don't know how much in Fahrenheit, but you know that kind of perspective. And then we have the uh, the team from from South America and Australia as well. So so um, it was. Really, from from the very beginning, it it was like like it was like a family meeting almost, so to speak, mm-hmm. because they know they knew quite a lot of each other as well, because they w- wanted to check, you know, who will we compete against, who will we race against, who will be, the, you know, so so then they knew uh, quite a lot of, of each other. Uh, I could uh, I could see that from from the beginning and. Uh, then actually, it, it's it was you know as I as I said before, uh, it was so nice to meet all all the teams and and each other for 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 the first time as well. Uh, and then we took a boat. We had a, had a meeting in Stockholm on Sunday morning, and then we took uh, took a boat uh, from Stockholm out to to uh, up to Arholma, which is like four four and a half hour uh, boat trip up to Arholma for, for them, for, for some of them, it was the first time to, to, you know, start to, to feel the, the atmosphere, to see the archipelago. And so on. it's, it's a little bit like, like when they, in, in, in the early days, when you took a boat on Sunday morning from Saltsjöbaden or from Stockholm out to, to, um, to, uh, um, uh, Sandham. 
so that's it's it's a really really uh, good atmosphere and 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 so on. That, and then when we we get to Orholma, we had Sunday afternoon and the whole Monday free for 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 the teams, and and they started to 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 swim directly, uh, not the Swedish teams, but uh, but the foreign teams, <laughs> the US, South America. They they jumped into the water immediately, just to okay. How cold is it? How how will it be? What are we dealing with here for the next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was was quite a uh, you know interesting as well because Orholman uh, the hotel that we stay in Orholman Ud is very very empty, so to speak. It's just it's only us there, and uh, and it's a very very beautiful full place. It's, it's nothing northern. Uh, it's just Finland uh, over there. So <laughs> just so it's, uh, so it's uh, you know you can walk there really see that okay this is the very northern part of the archipelago and they ran a bit and they swam a bit and and so so on and then on Sunday. Sunday afternoon, quite early, we had the race briefing uh, just to make. We had we had some digital meetings uh, before, uh, just mm. so they will have you know everything totally checked and controlled before. No no questions or or so. But we we had a race briefing anyway, and uh, we gave them the first physical uh, part of the maps without the checkpoints, but just for them to, to touch and feel and see what they would, would be working with uh, during the race. And, and then after that, after Sunday night for, for the teams, they actually had, you know, Sunday night and the whole Monday off just to relax, go into the race bubble, so to speak, and just focus on, on the race. And, uh, and uh, it was a fantastic feeling, actually. And everybody was, you know, uh, the weather was perfect. We couldn't couldn't have have got a better start, uh, so to speak. You know, out in the archipelago, uh, good food, nice hotel, and very nice friends and and people. So, Thomas, uh, before, that's, um, before we get into kind of like how the race unfolded, I think um, you know. It's it seemed pretty clear to me. I mean, we would never root against Kristen, Daniel, or uh, you know, Adriel, uh, partly because you know they're all world champions. They're very comfortable in that environment. So I think you know you, you'd have to say that they're probably them or the team with Martin Flinta, of course, um, probably be the favorites just because of the familiarity with the terrain, I guess. Plus, they've done the previous versions of this and things like that. Um, from your side as a race director, is that kind of what you were thinking as well? Like, okay, these guys have adventure racing experience. They're world champion adventure racers, also world champion swim runners. It seems to me like that's the perfect combination to do this really successfully. Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, you have to start uh, somewhere. And uh, someone, you know, as the Swedish teams and as Christine and Daniel and Adriel, they have been here. And also Martin Flint and Johanna, of, of, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say when it comes to, to uh, of course, the archipelago, they know it. Uh, but then the whole thing with one water race is that you need to be a good orienteer and navigator. And we also... So when it comes to, to placing the checkpoints, you always had multiple choices. So it wasn't, you know, just one way who it would be the fastest way. 
so that's really what we was working from. We had, uh, it differs a bit, but we had about 15 checkpoints during the race. And all of them, uh, I would say 10% maybe, we need to have because they need to pass uh, some sections because of safety and, and so yeah. on. But then 90% of them is like, there are no, no, uh, no best way, no optimal route, so, uh, so to speak. So, so that's, but I, my feeling was, of course, Daniel, Christine and Adriel, uh, and not at least with, uh, with Johan Hasselmark as, uh, their, uh, support crew crew as well, as well but then it comes to the the end when it comes to Adriel he, he hasn't been uh, been doing the long distance the or uh, the multiple day uh, racing before which could be uh, a problem because you don't know uh, what will happen to your body and your mind after you know like tw- 24 hours that's okay almost you know everyone can do it up to th- th- up to 36 it's it's more or less okay, but then after thirty six hours, then it gets really really tricky, uh, and you you really I think you have to have that kind of experience to do this kind of races. Of course, you have a, have a uh, you have an advantage if you have been doing uh, swim run racing before, uh, but if you do if you don't have the multiple day racing, it's impossible. I. Now it seems that you know I met, I followed the Adriel during course, and I met him I, after like thirty six hours, and he told me, "Well, Thomas, when am I, when am I am I supposed to be tired?" You know, yeah. <laughs> he was you know he was totally okay. Then I met him. Uh, it must have been like eight hours later, Oof. and then he was totally gone. His eyes were like nowhere. He no, was, no one was home. No. <laughs> and he was uh, so much in Not ketosis, real. you know, uh, acetone. Does he call that? You know, he was, you know, uh, the liquid. Uh, if you go into, into ketos- ketosis, you know, mm-hmm. when you're burning uh, fat instead of muscles, when you yeah. bought yeah, then uh, your smell is like, uh, it's very. Oh. It's very special uh, because your body, your body goes into another stage, and you feel like it's like uh, you know, you know the uh, the spirit that you wash things with, you know, really strong, strong. Yeah, so you you smell like 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 that. Uh, so that was really interesting. But it, that was just like eight hours later, and it was a totally different person, uh, so to speak. Yeah. So, so uh, what I. I, uh, uh, so that what I, I uh, what I thought I thought that you need to be a multiple day racer and orienteer, uh, good navigator to do this. Of course, you have a huge you have an advantage if, if you're if you're a swim runner, uh, but you can't only be a swim runner because yeah, you, as you know, uh, you have like eight hours. Now it's down to seven hours, seven. which is yeah. really crazy. But not but, for us, but yeah, other yeah. people are doing it seven. <laughs> yeah, but but anyway, the, but the thing is, when you do this in multiple days, uh, that's that's another and and uh, all of the teams had this uh, this experience. Uh, but I think 
obvious that uh, Daniel and Christine and uh, and Adriel had the most. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, so, it's funny you mention it like that because I think it's like a Rob Preston and Team Australia, you know, ostensibly they didn't have the swim run kind of pedigree. No. And yeah, I mean, I guess they sort of over-indexed on being good adventure racers and still had a pretty good result. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, 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 that, but then you have, then there you have, um, have Rob, who is a fantastic, you know, he's a world mm-hmm. champion uh, uh, orienteer level, so, so, uh, so to speak, and, uh, and a multi-day racer. Uh, and so, um, so for, for them, they had re- really have the experience of, of multiple day, day racing. So, uh, and they were, even though they were, like two hours behind, they were sort of uh, quite close uh, because you you know in the end that anything can happen, uh, uh, so to speak. And I know that you know the end st- the end stage, the last you know one and a half hour from from Lansort, Daniel he was totally out of control. Uh, he didn't know where he was. He couldn't read the map. Uh, and then if, you know, so this is, oh, this is exactly actually what, what, what one water race is all about, that you need to have everything set. You need to be ready for this kind of, of, uh, of situation, how you will handle the body. And, and, uh, and I, and I talked to him if, and I think if Australia would have been closer, uh, that had could been, you know, uh, game over for not game over, but it would be another had, would have been another opportunity, so to speak. And you never know what's happening with your body and mind. And uh, then, really, Adriel and Christine had to, you know, help Daniel finding, you know, uh, road or something, you know, so he could start, you know, reading the map and uh, and so to speak. But it's. Yeah. Uh, it's extreme racers, uh, yeah. I must say. Uh, you look at, uh, and we have all this on on film, you know. But you know, you have Elizabeth from uh, from uh, Team Australia. She got really, really seasick uh, after the the long swim from from Danzig Gat. And uh, and I was meeting uh, meeting them to give them uh, the last maps. And uh, then they have been awake for like 42, 44, 44 hours and they had a new map and, uh, and they were uh, quite struggling, so, so to speak. And she was really struggling with, with being seasick and she couldn't, she tried to eat, she couldn't, you know, uh, she, she couldn't, uh, you know, she, w- she was just throwing up uh, all the time. Uh, but to see them, you know, they were sitting there planning, uh, planning the next stage. And she was sitting there, tr- was part of planning the next stage, was throwing up, <laughs> planning the next stage, throwing up, planning oh, yeah. the next stage, you know. Th- and, you know, that kind of, of teamwork, so to speak. And then they also had... Um, uh, had uh, had Justin uh, their uh, their overall navigator, and because after the long swim, uh, it's all, almost six point k six point five k swimming, and then they have uh, uh, they have uh, like nine hundred meters of of running. Then you could you could take an easier swim 
which is like 900 meters or 1K. And then you can take a 2.5K swim. Mm. And uh, uh, and uh, then he, he, he told them that, okay, okay, let's, guys, uh, we, can to, we can do this uh, 1,100 swim, which actually was 900, or we can do this 1,300 swim, which was actually 2.5k of swim. Oh, no. And I was, what? But then they, they took the, what they thought was the 1.3k swimming, uh, but it was actually 2.5. Oh. Interesting. Um, no. Wow. So you don't have to give us a leg-by-leg breakdown or a real-time breakdown of this. We'll be, here, we'll be here all day. Our computers will run out of battery. But um, we'd love to kind of hear some of the highlights yeah. uh, from your point of view uh, from the race. I know we had a really close race, uh, even eight, ten hours into the race between Team Sweden-Australia and then the Australian team as well, Team USA a couple of those teams were really uh, up in the mix uh, to start. How did how did the first 10, 12, yeah. out, 12 hours yeah. play out? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it was quite in- interesting already from the, from the beginning because there were some teams uh, that really choose a very different kind of, of, uh, of, uh, of route, so to speak. Hmm. Because when I, when I looked at the course, I... Uh, I had one plan or I, what I thought would be the, you know, the optimal route, but then, then some of the, the U S team, I think it was U S team number three, you know, they started with like a four K swim, which is, you know, they took a completely different route than, uh, than the other teams. Um, so that was quite interesting in, uh, in, in the beginning, because I thought that from, for the first like six, seven case, I thought that the teams would stay together. But already from the beginning, uh, the selection of, of route was was uh, differ differ quite quite much, so so, so to speak. Mm. And it it uh, it felt like like uh, like the US team it felt like they wanted to do more swimming than running, uh, so so to speak. 50k yeah. wasn't enough. They yeah. needed a little bit more. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so that was quite interesting in in uh, in the uh, in the beginning. But it was a close close race. I think that team number uh, number four from from Sweden with Christine and Daniel and Adriel, uh, they took the lead from from the very start. And I had had in my mind, I thought it 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 w- wouldn't be impossible that that that. Uh, one or two of the teams just to to uh, would try to pull off right right fast in 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 the beginning of the race and uh, and Christine and Dolly and Adriel were they were going quite fast in the in the, in the beginning but already from the start uh, team number two from Sweden and team number eight from Australia they they went together uh, from from the very start and uh, the other teams didn't really uh, have the poss- possibility. To, to, to catch up, uh, and then in uh, in stage uh, number two to uh, to uh, down to Möja and uh, and the first cutoff, uh, then uh, Daniel and Christine they were uh, they were uh, quite far. I think they were about forty five minutes ahead of uh, of team two and team uh, team eight, and then team eight actually had uh, they were quite. Uh, 
annoyed by having team two just on the foot yeah. uh, during the whole race. And we have some really, really good <laughs> footage of Rob, Rob telling uh, <laughs> what, he, what he thought about the situation. Makes, good, that, makes right? for good TV, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, we come to a tricky part of the Möja. Uh, and that's where it started to get really interesting because then Daniel and Christine and Adriel, they took... That is an island where it's really tricky to, to, to navigate. And they took a longer route while Rob and, uh, and team number two, they just went straight on. And there you could really see uh, Rob's uh, when it comes to the na- navigation and orienteering part because he nailed an, uh, that, that checkpoint uh, for he, I think he, he took it in about 35 minutes and it took almost one and a half hour for Daniel and oh, wow. Christine. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the kind of race that, that one would race is. So then we had all the, the three top teams uh, together uh, at the same time. And it was, was the same for, for uh, the U S teams and South America as well. Uh, team number uh, one from you, from t- team number one and team number three from, from the U S and team number five from South America. They also joined, uh, joined at, uh, at, uh, at that stage. So we had, had quite good battle between those three, three, uh, two U S teams and, uh, team South America as well. But then, um, uh, team number one from, from, uh, us, uh, went ahead and we had, um, we had the first in stage number four. Uh, we had uh, uh, the lead uh, of uh, team number four from Sweden, and we had uh, team number two and team number eight uh, not that far behind. Mm. Uh, but then we have a very difficult stage when it, when you come into stage number number four. It has been a lot of swimming. We're in the really outside of the archipelago. It's a lot of open water. And uh, that is when it gets really, really tricky. It's dark and you're getting cold. And it, it's about like th- after like 36 hours. And uh, then we had the first uh, team that, uh, that actually uh, 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 didn't make it and decided to, to, to quit the race. And that was team number one from, from, from the US. They had actually... Quite good, good pace, but they reach that checkpoint and realize that before we have some really, really good running, we have about seven k's of swimming in cold and cold and black water uh, ahead of us, and w- they decided. No thanks. Uh, yeah, not. Yeah, they've not, had enough. I mean, it makes they had enough. If, if uh, your mind speed. isn't right at that point. I mean, it seems like. You know, obviously only three teams out of seven, you know, made it to the finish. This race was a beast. I think, um, you know, Chipper and I, during the World Championship on, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday. On Monday, we were we were on one, le- one leg. We were like, can you imagine the one water people had to do this for like, you know, three days? <laughs> it was just, I mean, it, it's this race was a beast. So were you surprised with the amount of DNFs or did you think it's like, yeah, I mean, this thing was just a huge challenge that you weren't expecting everyone to finish? Well, I, this, I, this was actually uh, what I thought. I thought that, that, mm. you know, that three or 
the maximum of all four teams would be able to make it. Uh, and I would say that the, the teams that didn't make it, uh, it was, I would say it was only because of, of uh, it was, you know, the first time. Uh, I would say it, it's like, like earlier in the beginning. From the beginning, you know, it was so, so, uh, it was not, 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 not many people that, that made it to, to, to the finish line. So I think it's, it's something new. And, um, uh, so I, I, it, it was actually what I thought, not what I planned, but, uh, but I thought I, I didn't have expect more than three or four teams, uh, that would reach, uh, the finish line. You know, we heard because you have so many different kind of of, yeah. of stages in in yeah. the race, and that's also the part. Uh, it's it's meant to be be a beast, so to speak. It's made for that. Uh, disappoint. That's, <laughs> yeah, not disappoint. Yeah, but it's it's it is it's like like um, like uh, Jared Shoemaker uh, from Team Number One US. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. He really, you know, he said to me, Thomas, this race really got me, uh, so to speak. I got, I got beaten by this race. Uh, and now he emailed the other day that he said that Misty and Sarah, unfortunately, they had enough. Uh, but he, he, he had already now been starting to, to uh, recruiting people for, for, oh, for wow. next year. Because well, you know, yeah. that, that actually, that, that was kind of our next question is like, okay, we got one race in the books by all accounts. It was a success. Logistically, you pulled it off. It was drama. You caught it on video. Can't wait to see that footage. Um, is it, is it, we rolling this thing back next year? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, this is, you know, exactly what we have been, been aiming for it. It, you know, it takes a while to, while to start something, uh, something like this. In the, in the beginning, people don't know if it's if it's possible. Even even now, when when we did it, uh, there was a lot a lot of people, experienced people who who didn't knew it, if anyone would make it or not. So so it takes a while to do it. Now we have we have it. We have we have done the race. We have the footage. We have uh, so uh, for sure uh, we will now start. We're working with the documentary now that will be ready within like six or eight weeks uh, I would say uh, the trailer for next year will be ready in uh, in a month I would say and right. the, the admission process will start by the first of November uh, for 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 next year uh, wow. so so um, <clears throat> well well can't wait to see all those things and to see who who throws their hat in the ring for the 2023 version of one water race be sure to head to onewaterrace.com to check out like thomas said the trailer forthcoming documentary hopefully on some mega streaming sites of course um and if if this uh has has piqued your interest and is something <laughs> that you think you can convince a, a few of your your pals to do start it's, swimming it's not a walk in the park but start swimming uh, all the time <laughs> yeah jump better start swimming <laughs> and then uh yeah head onewaterrace.com is where they can they can find out and and similar handles on all the on the socials i assume uh youtube and instagram are probably going to be the the main ones for uh finding the content yeah and it's been been fantastic. And uh, what I would say is is the most uh, 
uh, incredible thing with with the race i would say is it has been such a close connection to the teams and all the organizations so to speak you know even though the runners was just runner and skippers were just skipper uh, uh, the the connection between all have been totally fantastic and it has been so much more than than a race when we, when we had the 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 final dinner uh friday night it was like you know we were just like a big family that have been experienced this together even though some of yeah. the teams didn't make it it was just so just such a great atmosphere and have new friends for life in australia south america the us yeah. and so on so it has been fantastic, and everybody knows what Swedish fika is all about now. Yeah, as well. yeah. <laughs> yeah. we have much experience. Very, very as well. important. So, 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 Thomas, thank you so much for taking the time. I mean, we're so happy for you. We're so happy that this race exists, and it's just you know the latest incredible test of human endurance and what people are capable of. And yeah, can't wait to keep following along and uh, and see how this grows. So so thank you for for putting it on and thank you for talking to us. We really appreciate you taking the time and and best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be here. So so good to be talking to you as well. Thank you very much. Thanks. All right. All right take cheers. care. Cheers. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review since that's the best way to help other people discover the show and the sport of swim run. Sign up for our newsletter at lowtideboys.com. That's boys with a Z. And check out our meme page at the Low Tide Boys on Instagram. If you have any suggestions for the show or questions for us, send us a DM or an email at lowtideboys at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Riding Easy Records for our show music and, of course, our wives for their support and tolerance of all our swim run activities, podcasts, and other stuff. Yeah, other stuff. Other way stuff. To, way to keep it PG. Finally, you can support our efforts on Patreon. Until next time, get out there and go for a swim. Go for a run. Then another swim. Then another run. And then another swim. And then another run. And then just keep going. Until you're done. Until you're done. Or maybe can't stop, stop all stuff. <laughs>